Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Bavarian Podcast Works. Yet another interview in our long interview series, and we have an absolute treat for you today. We are joined today by the first ever professional footballer that we have on the show. She is a U.S. international player with caps for the United States and has appeared for teams such as one FFC Frankfurt as well as our very own FC Bayern Munich. She won the treble with Frankfurt in 2007 to 2008, winning the Champions League, the German Cup, and the Bundesliga. She is also a two-time Bundesliga winner with FC Bayern Munich and currently plays for Sky Blue FC in New Jersey in the NWSL. I am joined today by Gina Lewandowski. Gina, how are you today? Thank you. Thank you for having me today. I'm doing well. Well, that's great. That's exciting. So the way that I wanted this interview to go was to talk about you and then also to see uh, what it's like uh, to be a player both in Europe and in the United States, to be a women's player in both of those places, and how you think the future is going to go. So let's go ahead and get started uh, with you and your career. Uh, You're a fellow Northeasterner like myself. Uh, So what got you uh, into soccer when you were young? I think I started probably about six or seven years old and um, I, I just played with my neighbors uh, locally and, and in school and I just really enjoyed playing sports. I played sports of all different types and uh, the older I got I kind of felt more of a you know connection to soccer and uh, in high school I focused mostly on soccer and basketball and then um, my senior year I decided to go uh, to play collegiate level uh, soccer and then yeah that was kind of how my path uh, went. Uh, when did you realize that you were good at soccer? When did you first realize that? <laughs> um, I don't know I mean I think it always came easy to me in high school and um, you know it, it came easy I was successful um, I mean my high school wasn't maybe the highest quality you know competing at the highest level but um, you know, I knew I wanted to go to college and play at the collegiate level and kind of challenge myself. And, and I got a partial scholarship at Lehigh University. And that was just a great way for me to continue to play the sport um, and get a college education through soccer. And um, yeah, my senior year, I, I didn't really want to get a real job per se uh, yet. And I just thought of all options to play soccer after college. And um, yeah, I, I think I just wanted to kind of take a leap of faith and just, hey, okay, I'm going to try it and see what's available. Um, there, unfortunately, there was no professional league in 2007 when I when I graduated college, but um, it kind of forced me to look overseas and uh, for options to play professionally. So you did mention your alma mater, Lehigh University. What was it like playing at home in Bethlehem, PA, and how good were you guys as a team? Yeah, my freshman year, I think the recruiting class was 10 or 11. So we had a big class come in and um, it was a local, uh, Manny Uden was our local you know, coach um, who was from the area as well. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, we had a great class uh, came in and I think freshman year, you know, we went 500 um, and we were trying to turn the program around to uh, us freshman class. And I mean, we had a great sophomore class, junior class, senior class. And I think together um, we just had a great group of girls and um, just playing at Lehigh was, was awesome to stay local within the area and uh, kind of represent the Lehigh Valley and have family and friends come out to games um, week in and week out. And um, yeah, it was really nice to stay local. 
when you were playing as a kid, either in your Lehigh days or your pre-Lehigh days, who were you looking up to in the world of soccer? I get that question a lot, actually. Um, I wouldn't say I particularly had a specific individual that I looked up to. Uh, like I said, I played multiple sports when I was younger, and I really looked up to a lot of the soccer players, a lot of the basketball players, women players. Um, but I don't really have a particular role model or idol that I looked up to. Making the jump to your career overseas, you spent some time with teams in the U.S., but then you made the jump to FFC Frankfurt. Uh, They were the best Bundesliga women's club at the time. You were playing alongside wonderful players like Birgit Prince, as well as your fellow American, uh, the two-time champion, Ali Krieger. Uh, Was there ever a moment uh, where you didn't feel like you felt in with the team or was it more that you were excited for the challenge as a younger player? Yeah, I went over in 2007, uh, like I mentioned, right after college and um, I had a, about a month-long tryout with Frankfurt and um, at the end of that month uh, tryout they said I could you know stay with the team and I made the team and I guess for me I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I knew they were top quality national team players, a lot of them you know playing for Germany um, Ali came on the team and you know, she was at the youth national level and um, I think just for me I was just so excited each day to go in and, and play the game uh, that I loved and um, just enjoy the experience and yeah it, a lot of emotions were going on in that first uh, few months uh, when I joined the team but it was very exciting and um, yeah the longer I was there the more I was able to appreciate that you know the talent that we had on the team and and at the national level a lot of the girls were at. You won the Champions League that year as part of your treble. It seemed like it was an incredible experience looking at the fixtures. You played against a Swedish side, Umea, that which at the time featured one of the best players of all time, Marta, on the team. She even scored in the first minute of the first leg of that game before Frankfurt equalized four minutes later. Uh, you made the start in both of those games what was playing in that environment in that final like it was unbelievable um i think that was the biggest crowd i've ever played in front of uh not in umeo in sweden but uh, in frankfurt we played in the commerce bank arena and um that was the second leg of the final and at that time it was the uefa women's cup um now it's the champions league but at that time it had a different setup so we played two games home and away and yeah it was unbelievable um to play in that stadium in front of that crowd and and to play against Marta, um, she's she was she is and she was and is a top quality player and um, just to play on the field with her as well as all the other players was was a really great experience. So in addition to that, throughout your time, you also suffered a loss in the 2011-12 Champions League to what is probably now the powerhouse of women's so- soccer, Olympique Lyon. Uh, what was that experience like? Yeah, that was uh, that was also a great experience, but you know, unfortunately, we sided on the, on the wrong side after the game. Uh, we were in Munich for the final in the Olympic Stadium, and um, I mean that I think that was also over twenty thousand people in stands. And um, Olympic Lyon was a was a great team, and they're still a great team. And um, it came down to the wire where I think I can't remember how it went, uh, the final score, but. Um, and we went back and forth and um, just to be in Munich in Germany in the final uh, that was also just a very very good experience and just to play at that level with all those national team players 
you had touched again on the playing with the national team players. How would you overall, I guess, describe your time in Frankfurt from beginning to end? Yeah, when I joined, I was one of the younger players. And then I ended up staying there in total five years. And uh, I really grew as a player on the field and then as a person off the field. And um, I really got to encounter a lot of different players uh, in Germany on that team, on the national team, on other uh, national teams, and uh, just to really learn uh, different different styles of play. Because we actually had three coaches at that time while I was there. So, And I also played three different positions uh, during that time, too. So I think I really just grew as a player, um, you know, learning uh, all different types of styles and positions. And um, it really set the stage for the next part of my career. Transitioning into that next part of your career, you spent some time in the States, just two hours west of me with the Western New York Flash. Uh, you won the double with them, but unfortunately the league folded the following year. Uh, what was that experience like where you were with a team one minute celebrating the highs of winning the league and then unemployed? Yeah, it was, it's always been my dream to overall to play professional soccer and of course in the US closer to home and uh, when the opportunity presented itself back in 2011 after my contract ended in Frankfurt um, I took that opportunity to play in in New York and I came into the team uh, I think in April um, a little bit into the season and yeah just to play in a English-speaking environment um, you know in the States uh, with with Americans and other internationals uh, was a definitely a great experience for me as well, and it kind of I grew as a player in a different direction uh, there. And um, you know, as a season continued that summer, there were rumors that the league uh, would fold or may fold. So I kind of thought about um, you know my options and going back to Europe, and that's actually what I did after that season. I went back to Europe and played another season in Frankfurt. So after that season in Frankfurt, as you mentioned, you played for Bayern and you made that move. How did that move come about? Yeah, I, I knew I wanted to leave Frankfurt. Um, I had an awesome experience, um, coaches, organization, manager, players. Uh, you know, they kind of um, set the foundation for me at my professional career. And uh, I just, as an international, as a foreign player in Germany, I wanted to seek other opportunities, seek new challenges. Um, go somewhere where I can kind of just grow as a player uh, and as a person um, and being in Europe was was really my only option so I did look at uh, other countries Sweden France um, but since I knew the language I was in Germany for five years um, I considered you know teams in Germany as well and then the offer came from Bayern Munich um, at the beginning of that following year and uh, yeah I took the call from the coach, Tom Verla, and uh, went down and visited him and just kind of, yeah, I felt like it would be a good fit and then transferred that summer. After that transfer, you went on to go ahead and have 115, over 115 appearances for Bayern, scoring 18 goals. Do you remember what your first one was? <laughs> wow. Um, I didn't even know there was 18 goals. Um, Wikipedia said it was 18 goals. So <laughs> Okay. I don't know how accurate that is. Um, gosh, I don't honestly no do you know my first I don't I'm sorry <laughs> okay um that's a good question I'd have to think about that uh, but I don't know offhand mm -mm. okay well then l moving on to something else you ended up winning the Bundesliga in back-to-back -back years in 2014-15 as well as 15-16 
What was the team like in those years? And what was it like to be a part of that? Yeah, um, it was 2014 when the coach, the organization, you know, the entire club, we kind of made a big change with the roster. Um, I think eight or nine girls had left and the coach brought in about eight or nine girls, new new players and all different caliber, um, different nationalities, uh, national team players, non-national team players. And uh, that year, um, I don't know, it just kind of clicked. Uh, we were all on the same page and the coach, Tom Verla and, and, and the manager and the organization, we, they did a very good job to to kind of um, mesh us as a team uh, and uh, we just we really succeeded on the field and off the field we had such a chemistry and um, yeah a team spirit about us that was just so special that year. Uh, the final European competition that you had taken a part in with Bayern Munich, it was the Champions League this last year. You had a run to the semifinals, uh, unfortunately losing to Barcelona in two very close games, in two close fixtures. Uh, take us inside the locker room for both of those, uh, what you had planned, what maybe didn't go according to plan, and uh, what it's like to be a part of something where you're incredibly close, but unfortunately just come up short. Yeah, that was one of our our biggest goals that season is to um, get to the finals of the Champions League. And, you know, we made it that far and it was just an unbelievable uh, ride for us. And, you know, it came down to the semifinals and uh, we were home in the first match and, yeah, I just remember being in the locker room in the first first game, and of course, you know, everyone's kind of on the edge of their seat, nervous, um, but very excited, and, you know, the co- coach gave a very good speech before the game. Everyone was super stoked and hyped to get on the field, and um, yeah, I think we played well. We didn't play up to our caliber uh, that first game. Um, I think, you know, par- Barcelona had a little bit more ball possession, a little more technical, and you know, Munich, we were at that time a very physical, strong team. And I think uh, Barcelona just came in and we were kind of on our heels for a lot of the game. And, um, you know, we still stuck it, stuck with them and um, till the end, but it was not our best performance. Um, but then coming around the following week, uh, we went into the second game and we had changed our our approach a little differently you know we knew we had nothing to lose and we had to kind of go at them with uh, you know 110 percent all of our power and um you know we came into that game and it was kind of like we had the entire organization you know behind us um from the top to the bottom and you know all the players even bench players i mean we really came together the night before you know the the non-starters actually had a quote um and a message for each of the starters and they put it up on our uh seat in the locker room and it was very motivating so um it was nice to see that you know everyone was supporting each other everyone was um pushing each other 100% and you know the bench was going crazy i mean it was it was a game where we we just knew we couldn't fail and you know we gave 100% and unfortunately we did come up you know, losing, but it was an unbelievable day uh, in front of, I think it was a sold-out crowd in Barcelona, and um, you know, we gave everything we could, and unfortunately it just wasn't enough. And, um, but we knew that, you know, if we would have finished our chances, you know, in the second half, you know, we could have probably made it through. But, you know, that's the game, and um, it was just an awesome experience. I think we all left that field just knowing that, you know, we could be still proud of um, the team, the organization, um, and for, the, for everything that we've accomplished. 
And now you're back in the United States with Sky Blue FC in New Jersey. You're playing alongside legends like Carly Lloyd. The games, like I said, they're kind of near your hometown, a little bit over an hour away. Does it feel good to be playing back home, back on the East Coast? It does. I'm so excited to be home. Um, after all these years, I was 12 years overseas, and you know I've always wanted to play back, back in the States, closer to home, and to play at Sky Blue right around the corner per se is uh definitely you know uh, an amazing opportunity for me and i'm so grateful for the chance to to continue playing my uh career here um in new jersey and you know hopefully build the game here in the tri-state area i think it's uh so a heavily populated area um with with younger kids and you know uh soccer fans and I think um, having a team up here and continuing to see it grow is is a great, and I'm so fortunate and blessed to be a part of it. We will return to the podcast right after this message. Moving on towards the second part of this interview, more towards the current states of women's soccer in Europe compared to at home in the United States. Could you compare what the environments, conditions appreciation, etc., for the women's game is in Europe versus here? Well, I think in Europe, um, you know, especially in Germany, even Europe as a whole, soccer is the number one sport over there, uh, feels like. And uh, soccer's on the the, the TV almost 24-7. Kids play it all the time. um, And um, there's a lot more awareness of the game over there, I think, and uh, here, I think in the States, soccer is very, very popular, more at the youth level, um, and it's growing, and it's, it's great to see the growth. And through, through the World Cup and the Olympics this, this summer, I think um, the game is really growing, and it's great to see that everyone's getting on the, the bandwagon and, and kind of going along with it and, and really um, excited for, for seeing a soccer grow here in the States as well. In Europe, did you ever feel the sense that you weren't taken seriously or treated like a professional and compare that to the United States? Have you ever experienced anything along those lines? No, being in Munich and Germany, uh, Bayern Munich, it was a very professional environment. Um, Of course, with any program, it grows over the years. And, you know, we, when I first got to Munich, we had a different training facility. Um, We had a couple different facilities. And then, you know, as we grew uh, on the field and we became more successful, the organization invested more in the women's program and uh, provided a lot more uh, resources for us, and we moved to the Bayern Munich's uh, youth uh, campus academy, um, and we were able to have our uh, all our our facilities and resources in one spot. And um, I just think that that grew, and just like any organization, over time um, grows, and when when more interest and in, uh, popularity comes to the comes to the uh, organization. Um, especially women's side. And yeah, here in the States, uh, Sky Blue is really growing uh, this past uh, year. And um, you can see that there's a lot more uh, interest and in popularity growing with the club and soccer overall. And um, I think, uh, you know, we're really investing a lot more in the club and, and seeing some positive changes uh, to become a professional environment. And, um, you know, we have 
uh, a new manager, like I mentioned, and a new coach and, you know, uh, the owner kind of taking a lot more initiative and doing a great job to push the game forward. And it's awesome to see that. And uh, I think all the girls on my team are stoked for the new season and to see, you know, the developments play out and and what's going to be possible for us. As you mentioned before, you played alongside players that had a a lot of experience with both the German national teams and the U.S. women's national team. While in the U.S., the women's national team got a lot of credit and a lot of uh, support following the 2019 World Cup, and they're very... They're considered to be incredibly successful because they are. In Germany, uh, the men's national team is just by virtue of them having more World Cups, um, more successful than the Frauenmannschaft. So how are they viewed and treated by the German public? Um, yeah, the women have had their success over the years. And, um, you know, they've gone through a roster change, coaches coaching change, and um, they still have phenomenal group of players on the field and um but just like any organization you know when there's changes you know it takes some time to mesh and to to really grow together and um of course i think as we all know that soccer is kind of seen more as a men's sport unfortunately and but i think the men are increasing their support for the women and um you know want the women's side to grow and i think in germany it's it's growing a lot. Um, could there be more? Yeah, of course. It could be more everywhere. And uh, I think, though, that um, the local clubs are really doing more to support the women. And I think when that comes, then more support for the national team will come. But uh, I think uh, the men's side is, is doing, doing a great job to kind of include the women uh, these past few years. Along those lines, do you feel that in the United States, do you feel the support of uh of male colleagues are they are they as equally invested in trying to help grow the women's game yeah you do see it um i mean sky blue are not uh connected to a men's side per se um we are moving up to the red bulls but uh so we'll see kind of how that plays out uh over the next few months but um yeah i think there's a lot of teams a lot of uh male colleagues that that want the women's side to grow and i think um we've seen a lot more interest and awareness uh the past uh, few months and in years as we have seen in the last 10 years what do you think should be done uh or could be done in order to expand the coverage of women's professional soccer beyond the national teams, because at least in the United States, the Women's World Cup every four years, as well as the Olympics, are probably the biggest events for women's soccer in the world. Yeah, I think during those times, World Cup, Olympics, we kind of have to take advantage of all that hype that the national team players are getting and kind of transfer that over to the to the National League, to the NWSL, and I think just creating more awareness, um, the, the professional level, um, and... Yeah, creating more awareness and getting getting the word out, getting um, people interested in our games, um, and maybe creating getting more sponsorships on board. Uh, you know, to kind of push the game, and you know, we're we've done a lot the last uh, few years with TV and and getting our games streamed online as well, and really pushing the the awareness of the game. And I think it's it's definitely going in the right direction. You got called up to the United States a couple of times. You earned a cap for the United States back in 2015. But otherwise, uh, 
you haven't you haven't really made an impact at least in the national team right is there a sense of or could you shed some light on the idea of being a high performing low international capped player and what that experience is like working hard but in relative obscurity compared to those that have gotten more exposure via the national team. Yeah, I think being being on the national team, you do get um, a different level of exposure, uh, support, uh, interest as you do if you're not on the national team. Um, and, you know, the U.S. is such a large country with so many top quality players and you know, you can only have so many on the national team uh, on the on the roster. And, um, you know, back in fi- 2015, when I made uh, the camp for me, it was just an unbelievable experience just to be there and to to see what it's like to play at the highest level. And um, I was grateful to have that opportunity. And, um, you know, but I knew that or I felt that Europe was kind of where um, I wanted to be. And uh, that's when I decided to go back to Europe. But, um, yeah, I think now back in the States, you you see it from maybe a different perspective. Um, but, um, you know, you're not non-national team players, you know, it's, it's maybe not as, as much support or, um, investment, you know, that you have, that they have, but, you know, I still love the game and, and it's not going to prevent me from, from playing and doing everything that I need to do to, to be at the professional level that I need to be, you know, to play, um, the game that I love. And, you know, as long as I'm playing professionally for Sky Blue, I'm going to give 100, 110%, you know, in every area, um, mentally, physically, emotionally. And um, I think it depends on the individual too, you know, but uh, I've played soccer for so long. And I think um, being over in Europe, it kind of had created this professional environment or it's instilled in me a professional mentality. And, um, you know, of course, I, you can learn it here in the States, but, um, you know, it's for my, my career too and for a lifetime and I'm going to give everything I can. And even if I don't maybe make as much as, you know, my colleagues make, if they're at the national level, it's still not necessarily going to prevent me from, from doing my job and enjoying the game and, um, you know, wanting to be out on the field as well. Uh, your current club, Sky Blue, made some headlines last year surrounding playing conditions and the organization. They've had a couple of issues in the past with that, but playing with them now, how has that evolved and how has that situation changed? Oh, it's, tr- it's changed tremendously since then. Um, almost, you know, kind of like a 180. It's, uh, you know, I think all those... Um, headlines from last year are gone gone for good and um like i had mentioned we have a manager uh you know an owner and a coach you know and a coaching staff that's fully invested and want to see the program grow and we got some great players coming into the team this this new season and i think all the girls are just uh, super stoked to get on the field and you know to, to prove you know that we have the capability to play at the highest level and to compete and you know not be at the bottom of the table but we want to you know, we want to push soccer in the tri-state area and um, represent, um, you know, New Jersey. And uh, I think we can, and uh, we have a great support system. And I think, um, you know, it's it's definitely a lot of good things developing. And I think we're all just really excited to have the season start this year. We will return to the podcast right after this message. Moving on to the third part of this and 
the future of the game as well as the future of the women's game. Uh, and I guess I could just start off with that. What do you think could be done to improve the exposure and the conditions and the treatment of women's soccer in the future? Yeah, I think, um, like I mentioned, I think it's just getting more awareness of the game, of the women's game, and, um, you know, finding the support, um, you know, the sponsors, you know, people to kind of grow the game on and off the field, and um, I think raising the level, raising the bar uh, for the players off the fields, on the fields, so that we can perform at the the highest level and you know we're professionals and we uh, yeah everyone needs to be treated like professional and uh, I think the league has made a step forward um this year with the with the contract situations and I think it's an awesome thing and moving it forward and just overall um just getting the word out more um I think you know even the men's side um you know maybe advertising us women with them whether it's uh, through social media or on TV and you know, maybe getting TV sponsorships um maybe getting clo- clothing brands or um, watches or any kind of uh, sponsorships out there to, to kind of push the game and get more awareness into the culture. Playing in Germany versus playing in the NWSL, is there anything that you've seen over there that the NWSL could do better? Or just as a whole, what do you think the NWSL can do better in the future? Mm. Um, I think, um, I mean, it's definitely, definitely been going really well the last few years. Uh, the league has been able to sustain itself um, over the last few years, and I think that's a great thing to see because, uh, you know, everyone, every young soccer player dreams to play professionally, and um, I think, you know, they're they're going in the right direction, uh, modeling it uh, maybe from the European sides, Um you know, Europe, they have a history of, um, a history of, you know, the, the certain clubs um, where they have a men and women's side and, and the foundation is built, um, but um, which has maybe been able to sustain, it, sustain itself over a longer period of time. But um, I think here in the States, you definitely see a lot more fans coming to games, which is awesome it's unbelievable that uh, there's so many fans are coming out to games actually a lot more that i've seen in in germany uh so um i think the nwsl is really uh doing a lot the last few years um to really push the game and get more fans out into the stadiums going back towards fans how can we as fans of soccer help to grow the women's game yeah just continuing being fans uh you know going to the games um showing your support um buying a ticket buying season tickets uh watching on tv when the opportunity presents itself getting out to men's games um yeah i think just pushing the women's game uh, a lot more and i think the more uh, awareness we can create on the women's side then it's kind of a chain effect and kind of gets the word out uh women athletes are often asked about being role models. Uh, Being one of the more experienced people on the Sky Blue roster, do you consider yourself a role model to people within your own club or to other fans out there that love watching you play? And what do you want to do in that capacity? Yeah, playing the last few years and and growing as a player on the field, 
you know, you learn and you grow and you get a lot more experience, and especially being over overseas, you see things from a different perspective. And um, yeah, I think with any team, you always want to give what you have uh, further and, um, you know, younger players who come in and they're energized and, and ready to learn. And uh, I think if, if anybody, you know, is willing, you know, to learn and um, I'm just willing to kind of give what I have and, and kind of just grow the game and help players to, to grow and make the game better um, and fans too and or even younger kids locally. Uh, I just want to be able to give back uh you know the experiences that I've had the past past years and help grow the sport um and it's a it's a gift that I've been given and I want to be able to see players um use their own talents and if there's anything that I can do to give back it's uh, definitely a passion of mine now I like to usually end the interviews on more fun questions and I saw this on your Wikipedia page and I I just had to ask this because if if it's on a Wikipedia page, I just think it's funny enough to be warranted. Um, it talked about how you have a similar surname to a men's player on the Bayern Munich team. And I just want to ask, how often has that been an issue <laughs> that you've been considered, like, gone up to thinking that you're a relative of Robert Lewandowski or if you're related in any way? Because it... it I don't know. It's just kind of funny that it meant it mentions that in the personal part of your under the personal section of your uh, of your Wikipedia page. Yeah, I would say since day one when he transferred to Bayern Munich, everyone, um, a lot of people would ask if we're related, uh, siblings, cousins. People have asked if I was even his wife. Um, but yeah, it's just a big coincidence, but my great grandfather, he was born in Poland. So I am part Polish. Um, and believe it or not, his family, our families are not too far from each other. Um, because we did a ancestry.com inquiry and then, uh, it was funny and we kind of, we actually did an interview back in 2015 together. We exchanged our jerseys and we spoke about where our families are from and, um, so there, there might be some connection, um, uh, but other than that, I don't know any sort of family history per se. Um, but yeah, it's always been a, a funny topic to talk about, uh, with our last names. So that wraps up this interview. Thank you very much for agreeing to do this and for coming on. If there's anything that you want to plug or promote, please go right ahead and do so. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, thank you for having me. Um, Thanks for reaching out. But, um, yeah, I am an ambassador or an athlete for Goal 5, and um, it's a clothing brand that supports women uh, and girls in the game, and it's really pushing pushing the women game, women's game forward, and it's it's quality material, and uh, I think um, it's trying to get the, the name out there and support women of all uh, backgrounds, ages, um, countries, nationalities to play the game because everyone deserves it, and um yeah goal5.com that's that's where you can check out all the best gear quality gear for women excellent that's amazing uh again thank you very much for coming on thank you to the listeners for listening please be sure to like rate subscribe and download if you're in the tri-state area go check out a game it's a phenomenal product on the field phenomenal players you get to see players like 
Carly Lloyd and Gina just tear up the field for the NWSL. Uh, you can follow Gina on Twitter at GLL088. You can follow me on Twitter at Jefferson Fenner. And until next time, we will see you later. Auf Wiedersehen. Wiedersehen. Tschüss. <laughs>